This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain and livestock markets closed the week mixed. Despite the back-and-forth grain trade, Everag market analyst Matt Trainel says there were a few things that stood out this week. Uh, number one, the markets continue to show a little bit of pressure and continue to gravitate towards um, soybeans, kind of that $13.10, $13 area. China continues to, uh, to uh, pick up some soybeans, and, and we've been moving some corn. Uh, to various areas as well, but the rain that we continue to see uh, in in a lot of the uh, the corn belt is uh, vastly uh, finishing off different crops, uh, mainly the soybeans right now, and so it seems like some of that risk premium is starting to uh, come out of the market a little bit. Trainel says going into next week, fund activity will be of interest to traders. Vanon and Company market analyst Christy Vanon says the grain markets have been stuck. This is also not historically a great time for the markets. Honestly, during this time frame, trying to search out a bottom, to be honest, it's not surprising that there is a little bit of pressure on this market when you look at it. Nearing the start of the new crop marketing year, SNW trading market analyst Andy Schisler says the corn prices make it better for buyers. A lot of times the best time of year to buy corn is September 1st, and that may be the case here. You know, we could drift into Friday on the roll here, but all the storage goes off, everything's kind of over for the year, and usually that's pretty positive, you know, in the beginning of September. <clears throat> beans, China just buys beans just about every day, so it's going to be pretty well supported here. I don't think we can really trend up yet. Um, we had a nice bounce to get away from the low, but again, we washed like all the stops below 13. That makes sense. I mean, we did that in August. Northland Community and Technical College Farm Business Management Instructor Betsy Jensen has a small grains marketing tip. Get an index card. Write the highest price you got at harvest if you delivered off the combine, or write today's price. Take a Sharpie. And then put it on your bulletin board for, for spring wheat. Um, that's going to be the bar that we set throughout the winter. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, if you, you know, we had 917 was the highest price I got for my spring wheat off the combine. And so I sure hope the rest of my wheat that's in the bin goes for a higher price. Um, so I just want guys to kind of set a bar, I guess, um, to keep an eye on the markets. Things can change very quickly. Um, and it's nice to have those reminders sometimes. Jensen will be joining the Red River Farm Network during the Big Iron Farm Show on Wednesday, September 15th at the Issues and Events Center in West Fargo. When it comes to the livestock markets, Brock Associates market analyst Richard Brock is friendly toward hog and cattle prices. You take a look what's happened. The feeder cattle market exploded to the upside earlier in the week and then settled back some. Uh, later in the week, and so week on week, week on week, it didn't really do a whole lot. But you know, we're still seeing extremely strong demand in the livestock sector. Um, I think you know we've got issues with uh, not enough uh, competition on the uh, slaughter side in the cattle. Uh, that's been a problem for a long time. Uh, but the pork uh, cutout values have been, uh, relatively speaking, good. Uh, you know, our export demand on the pork is, is down because the Chinese pig crop is, is coming back. The latest cold storage report from USDA shows total red meat supplies and freezers up slightly from the previous month, but down 8% from last year. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Just as it took time to build your farming operation to where it is today, it will also take time to pass it on to the next generation. As you consider what's next, 
Let the succession and retirement team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services help you. Together, we'll establish a plan that treats family members fairly, secures your retirement, and continues the legacy of your farm. To get started, contact your local Egg Country office today. When market prices rise and fall, or an important decision is made on Capitol Hill, the first choice for farmers and ranchers is the Red River Farm Network. Trust Don Wick, Randy Conan, Kara Hart, and Megan Overby to deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Your number one source for agriculture information. The Red River Farm Network. This Weekend News, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Farm income and credit conditions continue to improve. The Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City credits strong commodity prices and government assistance programs. Loan repayment rates increased from one year ago, and there was less demand for new farm loans. Cropland values increased 19% in South Dakota, 18% in Minnesota, and 3% in North Dakota. This week, the USDA updated the eligibility and deadline of the second coronavirus food assistance program for contract growers and sales-based commodities. Flexibilities in the program were added to account for increases in contract growers' farm size and the data used to calculate the payments. Assistance is available for new contract producers who began their farms in 2020. Grass seed is also an eligible sales commodity for CFAP2. There is an October 12th deadline for all eligible eligible producers to apply or modify their CFAP2 applications at their local FSA office. The North Dakota Emergency Commission approved $2.5 million in funding to reactivate the Emergency Feed Transportation Assistance Program. The program reimburses farmers and ranchers for a portion of their hay transportation expenses. Governor Doug Burgum said this lowers the cost barrier as livestock producers secure hay during the drought. The North Dakota Department of Agriculture is borrowing the $2.5 million from the Bank of North Dakota. For the program. Vice President Kamala Harris traveled from Singapore to Vietnam this week. Numerous incentives have been announced during the trip, including a decision to lower tariffs on U.S. exports of corn, wheat, and pork products to Vietnam. A chief ag negotiator at the U.S. Trade Representative's office has not been named or nominated yet. The Russell Group President Randy Russell says interviews have been taking place. I gotta tell you, Given the importance of trade to our community, to the agriculture and food community, uh, it's it's disappointing that we're now uh, about through the month of August and entering Labor Day, and we have neither of our two key ag trade positions uh, named, much less nominated, much less confirmed. And you've watched, as I have, how long these confirmation processes take. You know, it could w well be before the end of the year before we get, get those positions filled. And that, you know, so that, that means the first year we haven't had our two leads on trade uh, for agriculture in those positions. The U.S. House passed a budget resolution earlier this week. Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow has been working with House Agriculture Committee leaders on how to spend the money authorized by the resolution. I am working with uh, Chairman Scott in the House and um, colleagues both in the House and the Senate. I can tell you we will have 
um, robust investment for both, um, you know, what we call climate smart agriculture and forestry uh, in what we have. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into the exact numbers, but it's going to be, you know, enough to really move forward in a, in a robust way. Stabenow says leaders are evaluating goals to build important areas in addition to what was included in the bipartisan infrastructure deal. The U.S. dairy industry awaiting another announcement on updates to the dairy margin coverage program. USDA Deputy Secretary Jewel Bernoff says the upcoming DMC changes will be permanent and will provide an estimated $800 million in additional baseline for the dairy safety net in the upcoming farm bill. USDA is, is improving the dairy margin coverage program to update the feed cost calculation uh, to alfalfa hay in determining the monthly margin uh, rather than utilizing the 50% premium hay. So this, is, this will allow the uh, DMC payments to more likely trigger and increase expected payments to producers. The change in this calculation will be effective when the regulation is published, expected in September, and will be retroactive to January 1st, 2020. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Cap off your summer with the Western Minnesota Steam Thrashers reunion Labor Day weekend in Rolog, Minnesota. This year, featuring Oliver and Hart Parr engines along with auto gas engines, you'll enjoy hundreds of exhibits and demonstrations, Threshman's homestyle meals, and more. You can ride the rails with the 353 locomotive. Something for everyone, September 3rd through the 6th, Labor Day weekend, the Western Minnesota Steam Threshers reunion. You'll find more details at Rolog.com. Potato News is back. Join the Red River Farm Network every Thursday for updates on crop conditions, potato markets, policy, and more. Potato News is presented by BASF's Provisol Fungicide for Early Blight, Gowan USA, and Corteva AgriScience. That's Potato News every Thursday on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This weekend weather, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Rain and scattered thunderstorms are in the forecast through Sunday across the northern plains. On Friday, most of the rain coming through appears to be light to moderate, but there are a few embedded heavier thunderstorms in the system. The northern plains is in a tug of war between summer and fall weather. Temperatures have cooled down. World Weather Incorporated senior agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner says the shots of cool air also bring, of course, this chance of moisture. don't know that we're going to get enough moisture to fix subsoil moisture conditions, but obviously this is also going to hinder some farming activity periodically. But I think it's really a, not a bad mix for us for the majority of this two-week period. It's not just going to rain every day, and when it doesn't rain, it's going to warm up again, and we should be able to dry down the soil a little bit. We are going to have our moments, though, with the cool weather around, as you noted. Lerner is concerned about the long-term forecast and what that could mean for moisture for the region. We will go through this period in September where we're going to be fighting these air masses and I think September is our best opportunity 
for getting a little bit more moisture across the region. I am just not convinced, though, that we're going to get a high enough volume of moisture to fix our deep subsoil moisture situation. And the odds are fairly good that we'll keep a lot of that with us as we go through the winter. The latest U.S. drought monitor continues to show all of North Dakota in D3 extreme or D4 exceptional drought. The recent rains have helped the dry conditions in the Dakotas, however, with a slight improvement. All of South Dakota is experiencing some kind of drought as well. Minnesota is the only state in our tri-state coverage area that saw an increase in the drought conditions. Nearly all of the state is in D2 severe or D3 extreme drought with an area stretching from International Falls through Red Lake into North Dakota at Hillsboro in that exceptional drought. The drought is being blamed for potassium deficiency symptoms in dry beans and soybeans. NDSU Extension says the plants have translocated potassium from older leaves to upper leaves and pods for seed development. The plants lacking potassium have leaves with yellow or chlorotic edges. Red River Farm Network's crop tour took place this week presented by Pioneer. We traveled across North Dakota and Northwest Minnesota looking at the crop conditions getting queued up for 2022. Rain happened during the tour and there were big smiles as we went through Buchanan, North Dakota. Plainview Seed and Agronomy's Matt Carlson says the moisture will definitely help with kernel length and the test weights for corn. He's seeing a huge advantage for the longer maturity hybrids and varieties to take advantage of the late season rains. As far as the area, you know, it, it comes and goes as far as the crop. There's some really poor crop out there, but in a lot of it, there's there was a lot of preventive plant here last year and a lot of the crops that were put on that were, they look really good. And there's some in between, small grains and we're, we're fair to okay and some were good and but uh, I think we'll see that kind of throughout the the crop throughout the areas. Check out the full coverage from the Red River Farm Network's crop tour presented by Pioneer on the Red River Farm Network social media pages and rrfn.com. American Crystal Sugar Company began its pre-pile harvest this week. Yields of 25 and a half tons per acre are being projected for the crop. Full harvest will begin on October 1st. Potato harvest could be earlier than usual in the Red River Valley. Extension potato agronomist Andy Robinson says due to the extreme heat, plants are maturing faster. Robinson also says the earlier potato harvest could cause some challenges. We don't recommend harvesting potatoes when the tuber pulp temperatures are about 67 degrees for cause of pythium leak. And so you want to be able to harvest them when it's cool. But then also at the same time, you need to be able to store them and keep them cool. And a lot of our storage facilities do not have cooling added to them or not very good amount. And so that's certainly going to be a challenge for growers as far as harvest goes and maintaining good quality and, and keeping the potatoes healthy and, and in good shape for being able to sell them. The Northern Plains potato growers also had their annual field day this week. That's a look at this week in weather. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Research shows only a third of Minnesotans know a farmer. With that number declining each year, the work of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association to build connections with a non-farming public is as important as ever. Outreach in the Twin Cities puts corn farmers and their commitment to conservation center stage at major sporting events, fills the airwaves on the radio during commutes, and is the focus of advertising online. Sharing corn farmers' dedication to stewardship while providing food to the world is one of many ways Minnesota corn grows Minnesota. Learn more at mncorn.org. Nicely done, beef. From London broils and French dips to New York strips and Texas briskets. Who knew you were so well-traveled? Yeah, you're what's for dinner. And it's always dinner somewhere. Bring everyone back to the table and get cooking at 
Beef. It's what'sfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers.